So, this morning, I think, if I put a tie on, good morning, my name's Paul, I'll be your waiter for this evening. If I put a bow tie on, good afternoon, I'm one of the groomsmen, welcome to the new bride or groom. Give me a pocket watch and a pipe, and good afternoon, my name is Sherlock, how may I solve your mystery? <laughs> I can't decide what I am this morning, but you know, I'll uh, try a bit different, you know. So... How are we doing? We okay? Yeah. yeah, as you said, I survived the, uh, the camping trip, which, um, just so you know what that actually means, is we camped in there. <laughs> we had to cancel the trip because uh, where our campsite was, was just constant rain. Um, but I am so glad we did, because I'm just going to let you know, parents, some of your boys, well, we won't, we won't call them men, let's just say that for sure, <laughs> just yet. It took them a while to, to, to put up a tent. Let's just say a while. <laughs> it's like they've never seen a tent before. It's like alien technology. And then we sat in the back uh, and you began to, just to realise, you know the whole, the whole thing, fight or flight? Well, we began to see there was a, a guy called Ken. He's got a couple of dogs around the back. And a couple of the dogs decided to pay us a visit as we were sat around the campfire. And uh, you saw which ones thought, stuff you lot, I'm running, because there was, there was a few scary cats out there. But it was brilliant, by the way. Uh, just getting eight lads around the fire, talking about who they are, where they're from, the life stories, real good, solid connection. So I thank you for, those who've, for the parents who let you guys come, and um, it won't be the last one. But it's important, for, it's important we have connection. You know, boys, we have, we have, there is a lack of men in our society. There's a lot of boys, but there's not a lot of men. And so, you know, there was a, a great scripture. I'm not, I'm not digressing, but it was a great thing I heard this week. What was the first thing God gave Adam? Responsibility. Responsibility. You know, until we have men who learn how to be responsible, everything else is not going to work. So it's great to be able to have that time with these guys. Um, but yeah, so that was Friday. So after getting to sleep at 3 o'clock on Saturday morning and then making him get up at 9 o'clock in the morning, that was interesting, um, I'm here and alive. So, this morning, I'm going to talk about the season of singing. It's like you knew. It's just like you all knew. So, it's, um, it's been on, um, I know for him and I, it's been on our heart for a little while now. And I'll talk you through that. Um, but, you see, singing is a form of language. It gives us a language in which to express something. Yeah? You know, music is so powerful in society, in people's lives. It, you know, people are consumed um, by the passion of music. Um, and, it, and it affects everything. There's music everywhere. Isn't it? There's music everywhere. And it invokes all kind of emotions. It invokes all kind of sentiment. It, it's used in every single um, part of what I mean. Even I remember when the Manchester bomb happened and all of a sudden that, that old Oasis track, Don't Look Back in Anger, suddenly became this anthem all over again for a whole city. You know, songs can unite, can unite um, nations and peoples at different times. But the songs, but I really believe that you know, we, we worship the creator of music. Yes. We worship the creator of songs. Songs are a gift to us. 
Um, and so I really, I really feel that, although there is, a, I feel quite rightly said, you know, our worship should be a lifelong commitment. But I do believe that within that, there is a specific season that God is asking us to be in. But it's not like autumn, winter, spring, summer. Do you have to do anything to enter into summer? Apart from staying alive, pretty much that's about it. And it's, I'm buying clothes, yeah, buy a jumper. Yeah. Yeah, what do you do in summer? Buy a jumper and an umbrella. <laughs> that's how you know it's an English summer. But no, it's, it's a, it's, you know, there are many seasons that you don't have to do anything to step into. But I want to start from the, from the very beginning as, as we'll go through. See, this is not one of those seasons. This is not, so it's, it's not like we, we, we talk about a season of singing and so all of a sudden you think, oh, oh, well, I'll wait for the song to come then. I'll just sit here and it'll all be wonderful, it'll all be fantastic. It's not quite what, what, we're, um, what this season's about. But let us start with Song of Songs, chapter 2. There's going to be a lot of scripture, so I'm going to try and get through as much as I can. Um, so sometimes you might just have to note the scripture down, um, but I'll do my best. So Song of Songs, chapter 2. Verses 10 to 13. So you've heard about this. You'll, you'll have read this hopefully quite a lot. It says, My beloved spoke to me and said, and said, My beloved spoke and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one. Come with me. See, the winter is past. The rain, the rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. So arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. Such a beautiful scripture when you read it with passion in the way it was meant to be spoken. And so there is a call that is coming from heaven. For us to enter into a season of singing. This isn't just a leadership. We've decided, you know what? We've not had a season of singing for a while. Let's just call one. This is not something we just decided. This is something which as we are going through this whole time of the garden. As God has been taking us through this process. This is the call that is coming out of heaven. See our singing will bring a blossoming and a spreading of a fragrance that will fill the land. Can we see that? Flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing have come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. It's all throughout the land. So we must understand the nature of the season. It's not just, it's, it's for us. But it's, it's for me, but it's for us. And it's for the land in which we occupy. So this season is, will bring a blossoming and a spreading of a fragrance. But the one thing that I really feel that, how you know, this is not a command. I want you to understand, this is not, sometimes the Lord says, do this, saith the Lord, yeah? We, 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 can, we, we know sometimes God gives us commands, doesn't he? But this one says, the Lord says, come, my beautiful one, come with me. See, this is a season where the Lord is drawing us. He's drawing us. He's not saying, get over here. He's not saying, Thus saith the Lord, here or I shall smite thee. This is not 
this is not a, a, kind, of a, 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 a kind of a dictator or thing. This is, this is a lover saying to his beautiful, he's saying, come, my beautiful one. He's trying to evoke a passion in you. He's trying to evoke something in you to say, come with me. Come with me. So can, we go, can, can, can you come with me this morning as we come together? Yeah? You see, I love how we can hear about something, but then as each person keeps speaking in the house, God joins the dots. You see, and I really believe that the awakening of love, we've been talking about our love being awakened, have we not? See, the awakening of love and our journey towards it that is what will release this season of singing. So it's not just the doors are open. Yes, the doors are open. But what unlocks it is you and I. We have to unlock this season. It's not a season where you just step into it's just there. Okay, well, it's now the, uh, the, the, 20, you know, the, the 17th of, of September and I can now officially cut the ribbon and the doors are open. This is something that we have to choose. This is a season we have to choose. That's why the Lord is saying, come, maybe if he's drawing you, you have a choice to be drawn. But if the, if, if, if the journey towards awakening love is not, is not happening in us, then it is impossible for us to enter into the season of singing that the Lord has prepared for us. Can we see that? But what I want to do this morning is, but what does... What does it sound like? What does a season of singing sound like? Kind of, let's, let's have a look a little bit deeper of what this is. Because it's okay saying singing, but what does that mean? Does that mean, well, when I enter this season of singing, it means I can sing for an extra 15 minutes in my worship time. Does it just mean that you know, I buy extra CDs and worship CDs and have it in my, in my car all the time? What does it mean? And I want you to turn with to, if you can, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and it's verse 15 to 17. So 1 Corinthians 14, chapter, sorry, chapter, chapter 14, verses 15 to 17. Again, a scripture you'll probably know, but I only saw this when I was looking at this. I, I always saw it in another context. Now we know that Paul is talking here about tongues. Okay, but let's let me read what it says from uh, verse 15. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. There has to be an understanding to that which we're singing. Yeah? Otherwise, when you are praising God in the spirit, how can someone else who is now put in that position, the position of an inquirer, say, Amen to your thanksgiving? Since they do not know what you are saying, you are giving thanks well enough, but no one else is edified. You see, not only in prayer and not only in tongues, we understand that there must be a clarity, there must be an understanding that comes with tongues. That's why we have the, we have the speaking of tongues, then we have the interpretation of tongues, yeah? Okay, we know we can't just speak words, but our prayer must be purposeful. Amen? Okay, but so must our singing. 
So not only in prayer and in tongues, but our singing must be sang from a place of understanding. We cannot just sing anything in any way. We must sing clearly and purposefully. Otherwise, we're just, to a degree, wasting breath. We're just, we're just, you know, so many times that, and it's, it's a real gripe of Pastor Tony and I. It's something that um, we get a bit, gr- I mean, him more than me. I'm just going to say that right now. I've, I've, got more, I've got more grace than him at the moment. I mean, he's, as, as, uh, if anyone's met, uh, if anyone's heard, listen to Dr. Jonathan, you'll realise that, you know, it talks about coming more like your father, the intolerance of Pastor Tony is getting in this area. Cannot stand it when you're just in worship and it ain't going nowhere. We're just singing songs. I remember going to Soul Survivor a few, a few, oh, years and years ago now. But it, oh, at one point it was, it, would, it became this place of, it was awesome because I was with ten thousand other young people, so it was like all of a sudden worship was cool. But then I suddenly, one year I was there, and they would just sing song after song after song. But the thing is, none of the songs had any kind, didn't have anything to do with each other. One minute I'm singing about salvation, the next minute I'm singing about when I'm in a dark place, the next minute I'm singing about when I'm joyful, or the next minute I'm singing about when I'm contrite. It's, it's a, it was just whatever sounded nice, or whichever songs were in the same key. There was no purpose on the singing, there was no clarity in the singing. So just as your spirit begins to, 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 to step into whatever the song's saying, they change the song and it's a completely different thing. Our singing can't be like that. What comes out of us has to be purposeful. Why? Because God is purposeful. Our singing has to be clear. Why? Because God is always clear. He's always clear. God is never vague. But we must see the bigger picture. You see, this will not only edify us if we sing clearly and purposefully, but also those who are around us. You see, remember, this season is never just for us, but also for the advancement of his kingdom. His fragrance, like in the garden, needs to spread. The fragrance is wants to spread. So therefore, if we are just singing, and you're, I'm, I, can, I, I can look and I can, I can ch- take a look at Delma and I can say, look, Delma, she's given her all. But when I'm listening to what she's singing, I'm, getting, I'm not being able to be edified. Yeah, though she sings well, as the scripture says, you know, you're, giving, you're giving thanks well enough. So you're giving it a bit of gusto. You're giving it a bit of all you've got. Brilliant. But if we don't know what we're singing, why we're singing it, and there's no understanding to it, then I can't be edified. I can't be edified. And as a body, we can't be edified. So our singing must be clear and purposeful. Is this making sense? Thank goodness for that. But we've got to learn first how this season must be accessed. So how do we access the season of singing? So we know it must be clear, and we know it must be purposeful, and we know it's not just about you, it's about us. So how do we access this season? Um, it's quite a bit of a scripture now. So Zephaniah, see I've told you a lot, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm using the Bible this week, it's, you know, I'm using the Bible, it's great. <laughs> Zephaniah chapter 3, while you're finding that, I'll uh, just, it's in, the, it's in the Minor Prophets.
We're there, Zephaniah 3. So verse 10, and we're going to go through verse 10 to 17. I want us to see here an element of how we access it. Still hear the papers turning. So, from chapter from verse 10. From beyond the rivers of Cush, my worshippers... My scattered people will bring me offerings. On that day, you, Jerusalem, will not be put to shame for all the wrongs you have done to me, because I will remove from you your arrogant boasters. Never again will you be haughty on my holy hill, but I will leave within you the meek and the humble. The remnant of Israel will trust in the name of the Lord." They will do no wrong. They will tell no lies. A deceitful tongue will not be found in their mouths. They will eat and lie down and no one will make them afraid. So sing, daughter Zion. Shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all of your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear. Zion, do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. So we now see that the Lord is singing over us. But it's the the first part. It says, from beyond the rivers of Cush, my worshippers. He didn't say the worshippers. He didn't say... The saints. He didn't say, he could have said a lot of different ways to describe it. But he specifically in the scripture says, my worshippers. My worshippers. So therefore the Lord knows who his worshippers are. He knows who's singing and he knows who's making a noise. But he knows those who are his worshippers. In this season, he will. Re- so, my worshippers will bring me offerings. She begins with worship of sincere and heartfelt reverence. So, how do we access it? We have to do something. And it says here that I will remove from you the arrogant boasters, but I will leave within you the meek. And the humble. See, the arrogant will be removed in this season. Now, I don't mean to say he's going to start kicking you all out of the church and all that kind of stuff. It's not about that. But arrogance must be removed from our worship. Arrogance must be removed from our hearts. A boasting spirit is not going to get you anywhere in this season. It won't access anything. What, what the Lord is looking for, for those who know him in a way... That they worship him with a meekness and a humility. There is a humbling 
that takes place. Now, where does that come from? That comes when our hearts are awakened in worship and love begins to come. We've spoke about it, Pastor Tony spoke about the ways you get older, how you, you must, the way I must, or a man must approach his wife. He doesn't approach her with arrogance, with, come here, baby, let's get going, in an intimate way. That doesn't work. That's called getting a slap. Or called you sleeping on the couch. <laughs> you know, my wife, when we, we, when we got into our new house, we have a bigger couch. Now my wife always says, hey, the couch is big enough for you to sleep on now. So anytime you step out of line, that's where you're going. <laughs> that's, that's where it is. <laughs> But sometimes, but you see, we, we, we can boast and we can, we, can, we can have all the, oh, look at my hands are away and I'm all giddy and I'm all, all that. There's so many times when I see on TV all these, these worshippers, these, these so-called worshippers that are all, they're all about the show. But that isn't what God is looking for because God knows who his worshippers are. And often when you see a true worshipper, you can tell them from a singer. And so the Lord is saying in this season that I want to see my worshippers bring me an offering. And from that place then, and he says it, it says in, it says, sing, daughter Zion, shout aloud Israel, be glad and rejoice with all of your heart. You see, there's a point that comes when the season is released over us by the very voice of God. He releases it over you. There comes a point when he sees our worship. He sees our attitude towards him. He sees the reverence. He sees our humility. He knows that I know you're one of my worshippers. At that point then, then the word declares, now sing. Because it means our hearts are now ready to receive what's in heaven can now begin to be sung through and out of us. There's a point, if we want to have clear and purposeful worship, it must be based on that which is happening in heaven. But there there has to be a point where we put ourselves in that place where we go, now, I'm here, I'm ready. My heart is already there. I'm waiting and then the Lord can declare with his own voice over you, now sing. And I just get this, this, this picture in my, in my heart where all of a sudden he just says, it's, it's kind of like a nervous, kind of humble singer, you know, she's got the voice of Whitney Houston, but she doesn't think she has. But then, and you're with the teacher, and then you, you give them, they're doing the exercises, and then, and then they just go, now sing. And then out of what comes out of her voice is something incredible. That is what God wants to do in this. That's how God wants to release this season. Not just, right, as of this date, we're in, a, we're, we're in a season of singing. Just sing anything, no. And he doesn't just say sing. He says sing and be glad and rejoice with all of your heart. So there is a rejoicing and there is a gladness and there is a fullness to everything that we sing. It's not just a song. It's, it's more like an anthem. It's more like an anthem that because we sing it with everything that we are. And a singer can't do that, but a worshipper can. 
because a singer sings with their voice and with their soul, but a worshiper sings with their mind, body, spirit, soul, everything that they have. There's a difference in the sound of the voice. Are are you with me on this? Okay. He will rejoice over us with singing. The Lord will respond to our praise and submission by releasing his own song over us. So before you begin to sing, he will sing over you. As we begin to... As we begin to step into the garden and we begin to awaken love, love and this journey of awakening love takes place. We are alive in him and then we are able to hear the song that is being sang over us. Because how many of you know the Lord sings over you? The Lord sings over you. The, the, The releasing of this song over us will then mean a new song can be released in you. You see, there is always a song being sang in heaven. Do you know that? Heaven is always singing. And it's always reflecting his glory and the heart he has towards us. So when heaven sings and it looks at us, heaven always sings something that glorifies him. And out of the glorifying of him... It sings what the Lord says. So we're able to hear what heaven is singing towards us. Because it reflects the heart of the Father towards us. But if our love is not awake, then we are deaf to the sound of his singing. We are deaf to the sound of his voice. And so at that point, we cannot enter into that which God has prepared for us. You don't have to turn to it, I'll just read the scripture. Um, Psalm 144, Psalm 144, verse 9 and 10. It says this. I will sing a new song to you, my God, on the ten-string layer. I will make music to you, to the one who gives victory to kings, who delivers his servant David from the deadly sword. I spoke almost 18 months to the week. It was March last year. And I spoke on Psalm 144 and I declared this this scripture out and said that that there is a new song that has to come out of us. So so the reason why I say this is this, is this season of singing hasn't just suddenly arrived. God announced it over 18 months ago. So this is not new to God. But But what I love about God is that he knows... Our limitations. And so this whole season that we're in now where we are awakening love, the season of singing cannot come in or could not be released until we understand the awakening of love in the garden. That had to come first. So God first prepares and he lets us know a season is coming. Something fresh is going to come out of you. But then what he does is he tells us how it's going to come. How for it to be unlocked. Because God is not an unkind God. He's a loving God. He's not a cryptic God. He doesn't tell you, right, well there's a new song but I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I'm going to have to find out. You know, he doesn't, it's not like a Where's Where's Waldo sort of book where it's like, it's just, I have no idea where to start. It could take me forever to find this thing. No, the Lord gives us the way and the steps on how to access whatever he has for us. And and so we must, I I really want to emphasize the importance of that which is coming out of what Pastor Tony's been talking and the eldership has been talking about. And it's not just the eldership. Every one of the couples that have been speaking, there has been a 
there has been a, a, a succinctness that has been coming through everything that's been released because it's trying to bring us to that place where this season can be fully released. Because I don't want, no one of us, we don't want a season where there's only five of us that have entered in. Because, I'm, because we need to understand this is not a guarantee because you have free will. You have a choice. You have a choice if you want to access it or you don't want to access it. God is not forcing anything upon us, but he is drawing and he is calling us to come. Come with me. Let me show you. Let me bring you to the place where I can bring you under my apple tree and I can sing over you. I can sing over you. And out of that place, different kinds of songs can be released because it's not just one so we, we ask ourselves well what types of songs are we should we expect to be released now there's lots there's a lot of different things that we could talk about all I'm going to do is talk about three particular ones okay so I'm just going to talk about three give you a picture but I believe that there is far more to this than we understand but it will be released as we go on amen because we know God has always got something else up his sleeve, don't you? Yep. There's always something we haven't seen yet. And that's the exciting part. That's why when he says, come away with me, you know it's an adventure. Yeah. Because it will be filled, not just with his love, but with his revelation. So the first song that I believe that God wants to bring into you and then to come through you is songs that declare what he has done. And in Exodus 15, um, we see a song sung by Moses and Miriam. And it starts off in verse 1 to 6. It says, Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is exalted, highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. Psalm 32 speaks of a deliverance being sang over us. There's a song that, you see, God will sing, it says in Psalm 32 that God speaks songs of deliverance. But there are songs that have already been sung. There are, there are times in your life, and I'm sure everyone in this room can testify of something that God has done for them. A, a time in your life when God came through for you. Yeah? Can we get an amen on that one? Yeah? So there's a song here. That is declaring what God has already done. Not just, not just, and not limited to the fact that we now have salvation. But it's a specific testimony where God came and stepped into your life and delivered you from a scenario. God brought you through something. And this song clearly speaks about this. And it speaks about a gratitude. And I believe that. 
there are songs that, there are things that God has done and we still haven't yet fully realised what God did. So he's already done it. But we haven't fully grasped what he's already done. We got one part of it. It was like, yay, I got through that. Thanks, God. Carry on. But we haven't realised the fullness of what God's done. And so I believe in this season what God is going to do is God, as we begin to awaken love and we begin to sit in that place, God is going to sing over us and really help us to understand what he really did. The fullness of what he did. So then out of us will come a fresh song that relates to that in understanding the fullness of what God has already done over your life. Because that brings a freshness. That will bring a re-release of life. That will bring a gratitude. That will bring a, a desire to, to, to pursue him even more. Because if you just think someone did something nice for you, then, that, then, then you... Then you you respond in kind. But when we fully understand the magnitude that someone's done. So for example, if I know that Chris um, gave me £100 to help me pay a bill that otherwise I'd have, I'd, have, I'd have got in trouble, right? Then I'll respond with that gratitude. But if Chris saved my life, how do you know my response to him will be even greater? Because he didn't just help me pay a bill, he saved my life. So, there's, so if we don't understand, we have to understand the fullness of what God did. But we learn that in the garden. We learn that in this place. God is going to re-emphasize and open your eyes to what he's already done. In order that something fresh can come from us. See, in this season, the Lord has victories in store for us. But he wants, first of all, to release victories that have already come. Yeah? Okay. We'll carry on then. So it's a little later, but verse 12 to 14 in the same, in the same uh, uh, chapter. It says, You stretch out your right hand, and the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, sorry, in your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will grip the people of Philist- Philistia. So, When we sing songs of victory, of what he has done, it gives a fresh wind of faith to believe that more will come. If you don't remind yourself of what God already has done, then we begin to doubt what God can do. But when we remind ourselves in the full knowledge an understanding of what he has done. We are able to go and go, and you stretched out your right hand, and the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead your people that you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. And the nations will hear and will tremble. Because now we're understanding the true power of our God. We're now understanding the true measure of his love. We're now be able to enter into the fullness of what he has done and what he therefore can do again. Yes, amen. And Pastor Tony spoke about the fishermen and follow me. And I believe that it will also strengthen our hearts to follow him 
wherever he goes. Because wherever the holy dwelling is, wherever it is that you're taking other people, it doesn't say where they're taking him, it just says, and you will lead us, and we will go. Because you've already shown us that when we follow you, you come through. You're pretty good. Because if we don't have a heart of submission, then we allow something else to come in. Yeah? And we don't follow, we'll just stand there and become Wednesday, Thursday's child. Well, you get a bit far ahead, not sure whether I like the way you're going. That road looks a bit different, not sure if you can come through. You're asking a bit much there, Lord. Because we forget all the things he's already done. Are you ready for another song? Second song, songs that strengthen what he is doing in and through you. So we've had songs of what he's done, but now there's songs that will strengthen what he's doing present. Because that's the place we find ourselves now, which is the tough one. Trusting God now. And I want to look now, I want you to turn your Bible to Acts chapter 16. Now there's a lot going on in this scripture. Fill open my eyes to a lot of different stuff when, when I read this scripture. Um, but I'm just going to focus on one bit. Because he boggled my brain a bit and I couldn't quite, <laughs> there's a lot I had to, I'm going to have to look at that. But there's this, I just want to use, use this passage of scripture to show you and to, to illustrate this song I believe the Lord wants to sing with us. Or that he wants you to sing out. And it, it's uh, Acts 16 verses 22 to 33. So we've got 11, 11, 11 uh, verses here. You ready? Okay. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. So this is, this, this is the part where there was um, a woman following Paul and Silas around who was kept declaring, kept declaring stuff, like a medium, yeah? And Paul got troubled and went, stop it. And the spirit left her, and the guys were making money off this woman realised they couldn't make any money because that gift had now gone. So they got in trouble. So the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and he fastened their feet in the stocks. So Paul and Silas are on assignment. They're walking hand in hand with the Lord and they're doing his will. Yeah, can we see that? They're on assignment. They're going for it. And all of a sudden, the enemy, they do something and the enemy uses an opportunity to attack them, to try and derail that which they're doing. So they weren't just told off and told to be quiet. Like, they, like, like in previous times, they were immediately handed over and they were beaten. They were beaten. And then not just beaten and said, go on your way, shut up. And then we're going to put you in jail. And then we're not just going to put you in the jail with a window, we're going to put you in the inner jail. And when we're not just going to do that and leave you, we're going to tell a guard to watch you very closely. 
And then not just that, we're also going to get chains and we're going to turn around your feet so you can't move properly. Sound familiar at any point? And we feel like we're being chained, we feel like we're being persecuted, we feel like we're being beat with a rod. And in the midst of that, this is where most Christians begin to falter, begin to, begin to doubt, begin to worry, begin to stress, begin to lose sight of all of the things that, that why they set out in the first place. This is where we begin to, to become faint-hearted. Would that be fair to say? When you're going through those times and troubles, it's easy to become weary, it's easy to become faint, it's easy to doubt, and it's easy to become fearful. Amen? Yeah? But then we look at the, I mean, I know this is a famous scripture, so you probably know what's coming next. But it says, at about midnight, when it was late, they were tired, they'd been beaten all day, left in chains all night, probably given moldy bread, slightly better water, so they were probably hungry, they probably weren't very happy, it was dank, it was dark. They were with a lot of other people. It probably smelled. So not exactly a great place to be. And generally a place you would say you could be quite forgiven and be in your rights to be a bit miserable. Yeah? But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Just a point. People are always watching, observing, listening to that which is going on in your life. Someone's always watching. Yeah? Okay. Suddenly, there was a suddenly. Pastor Tony likes talking about suddenly. There was a suddenly. There was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. And the jailer woke up and he saw the prison doors open. Oh, he's going to kill himself. And then we look a little bit further. And then the jailer called for lights and he rushed and he fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to, and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and he washed their wounds. And then immediately all and all his household were baptised. You see, the season of singing does not mean that there won't be pain and trials. Sometimes we hear that the doves are cooing and we're in the lovely garden and everything's wonderful. No, because we still have to live life. Because God has an assignment on our, on our lives. And, 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 and God wants to bring us into the full understanding. And awake, as we awaken love, we awaken who we are. We awaken what, what God has in store for us. But he, know, but he also reveals to us what, what we are doing now. What we have to do now. We live, if, we, if we live the rest of our lives looking at what God's going to do, then we actually don't ever do anything. Because we're always waiting for that day. We have a job to do now. We have something we have to do now. We have to move forward now. And so this season, I'm just going to put it out there, does not mean that it will all be butterflies and fairies and blossoms and, and, and incense and all that kind of stuff. It will be hard. 
But the song that came out of them was that despite... Despite the obstacles that they had, despite the enemy's attempts to destroy them, to dismantle them, to discredit them, to bring them down, heaven released a song which enabled them to overcome. They They were tapped into the frequency of heaven. So they were first of all able to put into context all that was happening to them. When you're awake, when you're awakened to love and you know that which you're on assignment to do, everything's in context. Everything has the right perspective. So so when you get thrown in jail, you don't think the world's ended. You know it's just part of what this is. There's a lady that I know at the moment um, called um, Heidi. She's one of my, uh, a lady that I was at um, SOP in, in, in Malaysia in 2010. And um, she's an incredibly, she's a great girl, brilliant lady. That's not a girl, lady. And I don't know if you know, but in Australia right now, they are voting on to whether or not to make um, same-sex marriage um, legal. But also, at the same time, behind that, there's this called, this, 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 there's this schools program, which they want to introduce called Safe Schooling, which basically brings gender into question from literally infancy. Yeah. So gender's now an option. It doesn't matter that you're born a boy or a girl. That doesn't mean you are a boy or a girl. You have to then, there's all this kind of stuff that, and this, the, the whole gender. And it's the principle that marriage is between a man and a woman because that's the best, and it's about protecting the rights of children. That a child must have the option to have a mother and a father. And a child also has the opportunity to, if there is that, that gender, that they don't need, what five-year-old needs to be told, do you feel like a boy or do you feel like a girl? I mean, what ridiculousness is this? But this is, but this is what is happening in Australia. So guess what? Someone's got to stand up for that. Someone's got to stand up for the king of ours and that's what she's doing. Now this lady is very, very well attached in terms of she's, she's been in the political realm for, for a while, working with politicians, and she stuck her neck out. And her husband works for a newspaper, and he stuck his neck out. And the abuse, the abuse they have got has got to, has got to almost a national level. It's in papers, it's in articles, it's all over the place about one, one are saying that they're bigots and they're transphobic or whatever it, whatever it is, and then there's the other side trying to defend them. But the, the amount of abuse they've had is, is difficult. But she's been able to keep, but she's got to keep singing. She has to keep speaking. And only, an, only a, a supernatural release of heaven will we'll keep her speaking. Rather than shrinking back, something of heaven has to supernaturally come into your heart in order for you to keep on singing, to keep on praising as Paul and Silas did. That what were they doing? They, weren't just, they were singing and they were singing hymns and they were praising and they were praying. There was a, there was a, a, a mindset they had that would not be deterred. But because they knew why they were doing what they were doing, and they knew what the cost was. They were able to have that perspective. And so a song of the song of heaven could be freely released through them. And what did we say? This season's not just about you. This season's not just about us. It's about that people are always watching us. People are watching us. 
Will your light be able to shine? And here we see very clearly that the light that we carry, that they carried, brought deliverance and freedom to the jailer and his whole household. The songs that God wants to release in you, part one, are to bring strength to you in your time of need. To allow you to sustain all obstacles given by the enemy as we begin to fearlessly follow Christ. But by doing so, it makes the light that we have shine brighter. So as a song of heaven is released and the sound of singing comes out of us, it enables others to come into that same light. Amen? But the songs released through you will also heal your wounds in the midst of the battle. You know, he said, and the, the guy says, and at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and he washed their wounds. We know there'll be wounds, but the Lord will wash them. These songs are, are here that will enable you to sing over your wounds, sing through whatever season it is that you're in, and enable that. Because, some, because so many Christians, they go out with all gusto, and their wounds become scars, and they never go back. They never go back. So the present wounds, often that's all you look at, my present wounds, I look at my present wounds, I look at my present wounds, they've never healed. In this season, I believe these songs are going to heal those wounds. And the song of deliverance... There's the songs of deliverance past, but there's the songs of deliverance present. There are present wounds right now that many of us are, are, are licking, that many of us have got in our, in our, in, over us, heart, body, mentally, whatever it is, spiritually. And the, the songs are here. If we can tap into this song, this is the deliverance that the Lord will sing over you and then through you, which will bring the healing that you've been looking for yeah. and the healing that you need. Amen? Okay. Last one, ready? Number three. Songs that declare what God will do. So we've had songs that declare what God has done. We have got songs that declare what God is doing. And we're going to have songs, I believe, that, are gonna, that will declare what God will do. Amen? I want us to look at Luke chapter 1. This is my last one. Luke chapter 1, starting from verse 11. So Luke chapter 1, verse 11. We're going to read it in two parts. It's verse 11 to 13 and then um, verse 18 to 20. And then we'll go later in Luke, but we'll just stick with this for a moment. So start in verse 11 to 13 and then skip to verse 18 to 20. So it says, Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. So this is Zechariah. So when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will call him John. So this is a man 
who had, whose heart desired a child. Yeah? And then finally, an angel comes, not just a word, an angel. I wish I got an angel that came to me and told me the, the, the latest news. Heavenly news coming to you direct from Gabriel. You know, I'd love that. That would be amazing. How cool would that be? Hi, Gabes. What you got for me this week? You know, that would be awesome. But that's just my mind anyway. But then Zechariah in verse 18 said this. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? Well, duh, I am an angel. <laughs> I am an old man and my wife is well on in years. So all of a sudden he sees limitation, not the truth of what's being said. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. Hello, I am Gabriel. Like, do you not get what that means? Can you not see me? Is my wings too small? Can you not tell how awesome I am? Like, seriously, come on now. I'm still in the temple. Um, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to you to speak to you and tell you the good news. Like, and why are you questioning me? What are you doing? Oh dear. But because of this, and now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which came true at, which will come true at their appointed time. When our hearts doubt the word that comes from heaven, we cut off the ability to sing. We become, listen to this, we become spiritually mute. We cut off the flow. We cut off the song that heaven is singing over us. We cut off the word that heaven speaks over us. And nothing can flow. We become spiritually mute. If we do not remind ourselves of the things that the Lord has done, we cannot see and behold what he is and can do in our midst. You know... I'm, I'm, I, I am of that person. There are things in my life which I have, have been spoken to me and I have still not seen to come. And I'm sure there are many of us who have got things that we have longed for and they have not yet come to pass. But we, if we respond in the way that Zachariah responded. You see, Gabriel might not come to you or I, but the word is just as powerful as if it did. Because when the word comes to, comes to speak to your spirit, which is the spirit of Christ, which is in you, which is already seated in heavenly places, which is where we have access to, then that word should be given the same respect and the same, the same importance that as if it was literally given by Jesus himself speaking to you. You see, if we cannot see this, then we have no faith to believe in what God says. So therefore, not only do you lose hope in what God will do, but you also lose hope and the ability to sing about what he says now. So when he calls you beautiful, my beautiful one, you suddenly stop believing that. 
When God says, come away with me, you stop believing that. When God says that you're redeemed, you stop believing that. When God says that you're forgiven, you stop believing that. When God says you're free, you stop believing that. Because you then go back into that place of captivity. You then become mute. You become silent. You become like a tree or a plant that has no sunshine and no water. You become dry. We become dead. But then, Luke 1 still, verse 61 to 65. We're almost at the end now. So Luke chapter 1, same chapter, just verse 161, 65. So then talking to Elizabeth, the mother, they say to her, there is no one among you, among your relatives, sorry, I'll start again. So, they were asking, I've I've realised I've skipped a a, a verse out. They were asking her, what are you going to name the child? And she said, John. Right? So, so you know we're talking about John the Baptist here, yeah? So this is John. So they then said to her in response to that comment, there is no one among your relatives with that name. And culturally, you just don't do that. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. Because obviously, let's see what dad says. Mum's come up with a bit of a crazy one. John. All right. Fair enough. It's like these celebrities. What are you, you calling your child? Tiger Lily. Apple. <laughs> Orange juice. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, he's so sweet. It's like, oh, okay. What is that about? So let's go to dad, see if we can find some sanity here. Let's see if we can see some sanity. And so they gave him a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, dad was also crazy. And his, na- his name is John. So that point, he then stepped back into that which the Lord had said. And what happens next? Immediately, his mouth was opened and his tongue set free. And doesn't stop there, it gets even better. And he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbours were filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about these things. You see, the moment we step back into the stream of heaven, then our tongues are set free. We are no longer a sealed fountain, but we are able to sing as the Lord always intended us to. Zachariah was mute for the whole pregnancy. Before the pregnancy and during the pregnancy. So we don't know how long, I can't remember how long that period was, but it was at, well, it was at least nine months. It's at least nine months. Back in the day, it still took the same amount of time for the baby. <laughs> so we know it's at least, so nine months, mute. Imagine you going through a whole year and you can't sing. And you can't speak. And nothing can come out. But you know what? Some of us are like that. Yeah, we spend years spiritually mute. We can't sing. Because we cut off that which God has said. And God wants to do. And God has said will come. But we can't see it. Because we get trapped either here or we get trapped back there. 
So the, so the season of singing cannot be accessed to our life because it's like it's pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. But like it says in Songs of Songs, you are like a sealed fountain. The water cannot flow. But the moment we step back in and we add faith to that which God has said, immediately our, song, our tongues are set free and the singing can come right back out. It's always in you. The song is always able to be released. But I really believe the Lord is saying in this season, it's time to release the sealed fountains in your hearts. It's time to release the sealed fountains. And it says in 1 Luke, uh, and the, the very end of it, it says verse 76 to verse 79. This is now, jo- this is now Ze- Zechariah beginning to sing his song. And he says, and you, my child. So now he's talking about his child. Now he's seen what the, the goodness of the Lord. He now has stepped back into that. So the song is now flowing. So now he begins to sing over his son. And you, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. To give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender, the tender mercy of our God. By which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. To shine on those living in darkness. In the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the path of peace so then they were able to sing of what is to come and guess what he was pretty accurate wasn't he he was pretty accurate about his own son because when you're able to come out I believe the Lord wants to bring songs that are to speak of what is to come you will be able to sing a song over over your family member you'll be able to sing a song over each other you'll be able to sing a song in your family over your friends to a total stranger God will release heaven over you and you will be able to sing not just what has been not just what he's doing but what he will do in the days to come This is the season of singing we are entering into, if you choose. If we choose. So why don't we stand together right now? Are you blessed? Come on, let's stand together. But again, let's just, just that little bit. And all their neighbours were in awe. Because no matter what God is doing... He wants to use the song in you to release the fragrance of heaven beyond you. I believe this season of singing not only will release every heart in this house, but will draw those into this house. See, some of you have been waiting for family members to come back. Some of you are waiting for family members for a long time to see come back. Why, not, why can we not believe that in this season, if you let the song come through you, that the song won't draw them back in? Why can't we have faith for that? Some of you are not so sure. So, why don't we raise our hands right now? But let's go back to the very start. My worshippers will bring me offerings. So right now, Father God, Father, we want to be known as your worshippers. Lord, we don't just want to be singers of songs that know, that does not edify anyone. But Lord God, we want to be known as your worshippers. Let every heart in this house be awakened to your love. Be awakened in the season of singing. Father, we pray for the season of singing. That as we worship with all that we are, as we begin to lay our lives before you with humility and reverence to you. Father God, that your voice would come and release the song of singing 
over us right now. Begin right now, just guys, begin to say, Lord, tune my heart to true worship. Tune my heart to true, show me a true worshiper. Some of you are just singers right now, but, but, but ask the Lord, God, tune me into what a true worshiper is. Make me into a true worshiper so that I can be known as your worshippers, one of your own, one of your own. Oh, holy God, right now, just begin to, to ask him right now. Oh, God, let the worshippers arise in the dream center. Let the worshippers arise in the dream center right now. Let true worshippers in spirit and truth begin to raise up a song that pleases your heart. That causes you to declare, sing, O daughter Zion. The season of singing is released over your life. Oh, Lord God. Oh, that's it. Just keep talking to him right now. Say, Father, I want to be, I want, I want this season. I want to access this season. Awaken my heart to this season, oh God. Awaken my heart to this season. You have to choose to step in church. You've got to choose it this morning. It's all open for you. Heaven is open for you. Oh, Father, release it right now over every heart, over every heart right now. Let us step in. Step in, oh God. Oh, my God. My God. My God. My God. Father God, I pray over this house you will release songs that declare what you have done. Father, Father, bring us into full understanding. Lord, let every heart in this place sing with understanding. Father, let us not be just singers of songs, but let us sing with understanding. That may edify the whole house. That may edify everyone we come into contact with. Father, I pray for everyone now that you release the fullness of what you have already done over our lives. I pray, oh God, you bring us into a true understanding of that which you've already done. Father, may faith be stirred. May faith be stirred as a result of what you've done. To believe of what you can do. To believe what you will do. Right now, guys, ask, Father, give me the same song that Paul had when he was in prison. Give me the same song so that I may sing a song of rejoicing in the midst of any situation. Not that I can believe that you are, what you will do and what you are doing is, is, is available to me. So come on, just ask right now. Father, give me the song that Paul had. Give me my own song. Give me a, a, song of, a heart of rejoicing that will be able to overcome any obstacle the enemy puts in my way. That I can continue on my path day by day, holding your hand. Let Monday's child. Oh, rather, release it right now. Release it right now over the house. Release it right now over the house. Those who are ready, release it right now over the house. Father, I pray. 
I pray for the faith to believe of what you will do in the days ahead. I pray, faith, I pray, oh God, that the prophetic voice will come from every heart in this place. That the tongue of prophecy will begin to come loud and clear through every person in this house, oh God. That, that will, there will be prophecy about what you'll do in every household. That every household, every wall shall be built. Every family shall be built up, oh God. I pray, oh God, that you release a song of, 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 of freedom and deliverance over others, oh God. Of what you were going to do. What you're bringing us into, oh God. Begin, guys, right now, ask God, Father, give me a prophetic voice. Give me a prophetic song that I can sing over myself, over my family, over those that are around me. Begin to ask Him right now. Oh, Lord God. Oh, Sakada Satara Kada Sambaba Kudoyanara. So as we finish right now, I just want us to say, Lord, I will sing a new song to you. I will make music to you, to the one who gives victory to kings, who delivers his servant from the deadly sword. May the season of singing commence over every heart in the Dream Center. Come on, right now. Let a new song arise in this house. Let a new song come. In all forms. In all forms. In all ways. Almighty God. Let the worshippers arise. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys.